Public Speaking and Presenting Made Easy is an online show and a podcast full of tools, tips, techniques and advice in bite-sized chunks that will help you to stand up and speak with confidence every single time. Now I spent two years asking hundreds of people what they found difficult about public speaking and presenting and this podcast is about all the things that they told me and I will show you how to overcome all of those difficulties. If you have fear or anxiety over public speaking, if you struggle to structure or write your talk, if you want to influence your audience to take action or decide to buy something, this is the podcast for you. Always friendly, always to the point with no waffle, no padding, this is Public Speaking and Presenting Made Easy. Hello and welcome to Public Speaking and Presenting Made Easy. My name is Mark from Momsy Speaks Academy and if you're here for the first time or the 18th time, you're very welcome. It's Christmas and we've got a wonderful uh, show for you this week. Now, if you've been enjoying The Crown, and we love it here at Faithful Towers, you know, actually we spent the turn of the millennium, you know, December the 31st, 1999, with our good friends uh, Sam and Phil and their special guest, Prince Charles. We played games, we ate, we watched the fireworks, and my phone did not ring, my pager did not go off, which was a relief because I was on call for the IT department. The world did not stop at midnight, the computers did not melt down, the millennium bug did not strike. So for the two years leading up to the millennium, all I did at work was to work on fixing old computer programs to try and solve the millennium bug. Some of the programs I was working on were as old as me, first written back in the 1970s. Yes, we did have computers back then, but they were as big as a room. Now, an estimate from the United Nations says that between 300 and 500 billion dollars was spent solving the millennium bug or y2k as it was known but was it real was it a hoax was it made up was it exaggerated well it all started back in 1988 when a batch of tinned meat was rejected by a supermarket because it appeared to be 80 years past its sell-by date and then four years later mary band of minnesota was invited to join the local preschool because the computer thought she was four years old. Actually, Mary was 104 years old, so she said thank you for the invitation, but politely declined. Now, the first general-purpose business computer was called Leo, and it was introduced by Joe Lyon to run his empire of British tea rooms in 1951. That's right, Lyon's Tea Rooms. You know, cake was the driving force behind the technical revolution. So next time you sit playing Candy Crush on your mobile phone, realise you've got Battenberg to thank for that. Anyway, back in 1951, computer memory was really, really, really expensive. So they did everything they could to save space. One of the things they did was to shorten dates. So 1951 was stored as 51. 1999 would be 99. And there is the problem, because when the year 2000 arrived, it was stored as 00, and the computer programs got confused. Did 0 mean the year 0 when Jesus was born? Or did it mean 1900, or the year 2000, or something else entirely? Early in my career, when I was working at Lloyds Bank, we found a Y2 bug, Y2K bug in the system that controlled all the ATM cash machines. And if we'd not fixed it, then they would have all gone offline just as people were trying to get cash out just after midnight on New Year's Day in order to try and pay for their taxis home. Now, almost all of the major problems were found and fixed well before the turn of the millennium. So no one really noticed any problems. Uh, 
apart from that poor chap in New York who allegedly got a bill for $91,000 because his blockbuster DVD was 100 years overdue. Now, overall, there was no fuss, there was no panic, and pretty much everything worked, or minor problems were spotted and fixed really quickly. So this all gave rise to the conspiracy theory that the whole thing had been a waste of money, the whole thing had been a hoax, because hardly anyone witnessed any evidence of the problem on New Year's Day, 1st of January, year 2000. Well, the truth is nobody saw any problems because that was the day that me and all of my nerdy friends really did save the world. You didn't see any Y2K problems because we'd done such a good job. You're welcome. You know, just because you can't see it, that does not mean it's not true. And I was thinking about this the other day as I stood in the high street outside the local baker's. You know, if you notice, cake is like a theme that runs through my life. <laughs> anyway, I stood outside the baker's and I was looking at all the bollards and the social distancing signs that there were very few people in the high street. And I wondered about all the different ways people have reacted to COVID. Is it real? Is it exaggerated? Do we need all of these precautions? You know, and a lot of it depends on your lived experience. You know, what have you seen with your own eyes that I know? that in me and my household, we've been really blessed and protected this year. I know probably less than 10 people that have told me that they have ever contracted or thought they've contracted COVID. And it wasn't until two weeks ago that anyone in my circle of acquaintances actually succumbed to the disease and died. So some things you can't see until actually you really see them and you see their effects. Now, my daughter, she lives and works in inner city Nottingham, okay, which is a tier three area of the country. She's in a large school. And for her, the reality of COVID that she sees every day is very, very different. She can't not see it, yeah, every single day. And there are some truths, there are some realities that you really, you, you don't see them, you don't appreciate them, you don't recognise that they're there until the day that you really see it for yourself. And then, of course, you can't unsee it. You notice it everywhere. And, and our job as speakers, our job as presenters, is to, is to help people see these truths that they would have otherwise overlooked. Or to show them something from, from a different angle. To look at things from a different perspective that leaves the audience enlightened, educated and inspired. I think one of the enduring impacts of lockdown and COVID is going to be a change in the way that our business operates. And with so many people, they're now familiar, if not comfortable, with the whole idea of online meetings. I think they're really here to stay. They're more efficient with people's time. They're cheaper. They're more environmentally friendly by cutting out all of that tra travel and traffic. You know, I think we're all going to be doing a lot less business travel for in-person meetings for some time to come, maybe forever. Which means, of course, in this new disjointed remote working world, many of your colleagues uh, and, and those people who influence your career progression, you know, those people in your business that make the decisions, they're really only going to know you from online meetings. No more are you going to have a chance encounter in the canteen or around the water cooler. Which means the way that you present yourself, the way that you can influence and inspire people through a webcam is going to be the single most important factor 
that's going to influence your career progression, your job security and the growth of your business over the next 12 months. Because it's going to be the only way that most people will ever get to know, speak and interact with you. They're going to judge all of your abilities based on your competence and ability to sit down and speak to a webcam, your ability to run a smooth Zoom meeting and your effectiveness when you present a webinar. Online communication and presentation skills are going to be the essential survival skill for 2021. Now I really want to help you flourish in 2021 to accelerate your career or your business by really making an impact every time you present, every time you speak online. And to help you do this, I've got two courses that I not only teach you everything you need to know in order to master online presenting and speaking, but give you the opportunity to practice and get coaching feedback in a small group in a safe and relaxed setting. That's what people tell me they love about Ramsey Speakers Academy. I felt safe, I felt encouraged, I did something I didn't think I could do. That's the kind of feedback we get. So Online Presenting Made Easy is a one-day course and it's an ideal introduction to online presenting, to online networking, and it's great to help you boost your confidence and practice how you use all of the technology. Or the Sit Down and Speak, which is a three-day course. Actually, day one is exactly the same as Online Presenting Made Easy. And then we go on in day two and day three, we dig deeper, we take it further, we practice more. So actually by the time you get to the final afternoon of on day three, you've got a fully written and practiced 30 minute keynote presentation that you will then share with the group and get some final feedback. And that could be something you're then ready to take straight on the road to tr promote your business or present your project to your boss to get that promotion. And both of these are live talk courses, just you, me, and a small group of friendly people in a Zoom together for, for one, two or three days. Now booking for both of these courses is now open in January and February and you can find out more and you can book your place. Just go to momsbyspeakers.com slash presenting. That's momsbyspeakers.com slash presenting. Now I know for not everyone is able to, to kind of work around uh, dates in the diary when, you know, when for a live course. So perhaps a self-paced video course is more suitable for you. You can do it when you like, wherever you like. And I've got a great two course bundle. It brings together my Speak With Confidence, which is my introductory course, and Speak With Clarity, the intermediate level course. They used to both sell these online video courses for £197 each, okay? But right now you can get both of them in a bundle, both of them for the very special price of just £67. So you wanna find out more? and sign up to get instant access, just go to milestreetspeakers.com slash confidence. And I'm gonna put all of those links in the show notes. Now, before I introduce today's special guest, I just need to close that loop on the whole kind of Prince Charles New Year's Eve celebrations. See, I did indeed spend the millennium parting with Prince Charles. Well, he was a prince called Charles, not the Prince of Wales. He was actually a prince from Zambia, but his name really was Charles. Now, I'm delighted to introduce my special guest to today. Now, I'm delighted to introduce my special guest for today. She's a fellow member of the Professional Speaking Association. Charlie was a finalist in this year's Speaker Factor competition. She's also a marketing specialist, a LinkedIn guru, a podcaster, and all-round champion of curiosity. Welcome, Charlie Wyman. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. So... Just by way of an introduction, Charlie, what is it that you do 
Now, it says they're LinkedIn consultant, but that's just a bit of what you do really, isn't it? Yeah, uh, so in a, in a nutshell, I help people in three key areas. Uh, the first one is prioritize. So I help people prioritize um, what they need to do in their business from a business development point of view. So looking at like what sales do they need and then how many leads do they realistically need to, to achieve that. Uh, so priority is the first one. The second one is leverage because so many businesses are sitting on a massive mountain of value already. They're just not necessarily leveraging all of the assets that they have available. So I help them do that. And then the final thing is systemize. So create systems and processes in each step of that customer journey so that they can save time, create a bit more freedom, and just basically reduce all of the stress and the overwhelm and the frustration that comes with marketing and sales. <laughs> right, right. Because unless you're into sales and marketing, I mean, whenever I talk to people who kind of run their own business, I get a lot of people like that who come on my courses or people that I meet through the PSN networking um and unless they happen to be a marketing or salesperson, the thing that everyone says they find the hardest about running a business is the sales and the marketing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, you, you don't go into business to become a great marketer um, right. unless you are a marketing professional. Um, and even marketing professionals struggle to do their own marketing. It's really difficult to sort of shine a mirror up and look inwards um, as to what's going on. And funnily enough, I, I actually work with a lot of marketing agencies and branding agencies um, to have a look at their overall strategy. Because uh, a lot of people come to me uh, for support in leveraging LinkedIn as a tool. But LinkedIn, like I said, it's just a tool at the end of the day. Um, you need those foundations in place. And um, it's that's where like I come in and my strengths really play into that because I have a look at how the business works because marketing needs to support the business it's a way to support sales it's a way to support the business goals and i think too many people just kind of go down that route of right i just need to get in front of as many people as possible throw the messaging out there and just hope something sticks but in reality that's not just the case you know you have to be a bit more targeted and a lot of the clients that i work with don't actually need that many customers on a monthly or yearly basis so, you know, they don't need to be spending thousands of pounds on advertising. They don't need to be doing all of these things that the gurus and the other people out there that are telling them that they should do. Um, but if they know what their priorities are, they know how to leverage the things that they've, they're doing already and then create systems and processes. That's really where the magic happens and they can do sort of more with less, essentially. Right. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll have three, please. <laughs> that sounds like what we all need. Um now we we first met at the um, the PSA Speaker Business Summit uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I, I I saw you 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 were in the, the the finals of the the Speaker Factor competition. Tell us a little bit about your story. Why why you decided to enter Speaker Factor in how you first got involved with the with the PSA, the Professional Speaking Association. Uh, it was great. It's a great question. So believe it or not, public speaking makes me very nervous. So the Speaker Factor competition and uh, any kind of professional speaking um, is it put, puts me way outside of my comfort zone. So I am um, not going to bore you with the details, but I had a baby a year ago. And I, as a result, I'm not able to do um, the sort of sports that I love doing because of an injury. And um, I'm very competitive. So uh, the a client of mine recommended the PSA. So I went along to a meeting and that was the first meeting that they started talking about Speaker Factor. And I was just like, oh, why not? That's That sounds interesting. Let's 
let's enter it without really thinking about who the audience was or, or what it was. So um, after entering and then realizing what I'd got myself into, um, I, I then started to think, oh God, what, you know, what, what am I doing? But you know what? The experience has been absolutely incredible. It has really pushed me outside of my comfort zone, but it's given me this, uh, the framework, which I talked about, which is the otter. Um, it, that came about because of the PSA and because of this competition. Uh, you know, I, I always used this framework with my clients, but I never had a name for it. So for me, actually doing speaker factor has completely transformed how I talk about what I do. Um, and also, it's just such a great experience. I mean, the fact that I won the East Midlands round of it was exhilarating and incredible. And it was a massive boost to my confidence. Um, and then doing it at the national conference as well, uh, meeting everybody else, getting that feedback. Um, and also just, you know, the magic happens when you push yourself outside of your comfort zone. So the whole journey and process and everything like that has been absolutely incredible. I didn't win, but I felt like I was winning it was a big high and uh, it's, it's presented other opportunities since. So it's been really good. Yeah, I, I can completely empathise. Um, the, the year that I entered, I, I, I got through to the finals and, uh, and didn't win. But as you said, the, the actual journey, you, you learn so much. It's interesting to say that you, it, it really helps you clarify your own message um, and what it is for, you, for your own business. And uh, that's something that I, I find a lot, actually, when uh, I work with people who come on one of my one of my uh, public speaking presenting courses uh, for people who are entrepreneurs and solopreneurs or, or even uh, leaders of established businesses uh, j just the act of of wanting to to kind of produce a, a talk or presentation really helps to clarify the thinking and clarify the message um which, which only then helps to, to to grow the business because when we talk about what we do you know no one's a better salesperson than you to talk about what you do and when the, when the, the passion comes alive and you have that real kind of clarity, that breakthrough moment, uh, it can be transformative, can't it? Oh, absolutely. And I think if you can distill a story that you can tell from the stage, whether it's virtual or in person, in five minutes, then it just it, it helps you really think about what you're saying to people, how you're saying it, how you're engaging with them. And it does really, really challenge you to be more succinct about what it is that you're saying. Because I think more often than not, when we speak, when we present, when we do these things, um, it takes us twice as long as we really need in order to say it. So the competition, because you had a very tight time limit of five minutes, it does challenge you and push you um, in the same way that working with somebody else or, or getting some, some proper training. Because I think I'd never had any proper training. It was one of those that I just thought, you know what, I'll do this. It'll be a bit of fun. Um, and it did push me outside of my comfort zone. I did work with a, a speaking coach um, as a friend of mine. Um, and he, he was actually the person that challenged me. And he just said, Charlie, you're trying to fit too many steps into a five-minute talk. Can you distill this into four? Um, I couldn't distill it into four, but I could into five, um, which is where the otter came from. And... Um, yeah, it just it makes things so much easier to talk about when you have a framework and you can also talk about um, an analogy uh, or a metaphor and relate it in some way because it becomes a lot more memorable. Um, I think as well, after the Speaker Fact competition, people kept coming up to me and, and saying, oh, I love the otter. And everybody kept talking about the otter. The comments were full of otter related puns and it just helps you 
stand out. It helps you become more memorable and it helps your presentation and your talk kind of live a little bit longer as well, which is great. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought your talk was, was utterly brilliant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, what, one of the things I thought you did really well, um, and it was interesting just, just watching the, the, the Speaker Factor competition where you had, it was probably so what, was it eight or ten people doing these five-minute talks, one after each other on, on Zoom. And, oh, 12 people, so many. Yeah, absolutely. And so, some, some people, you know, I mean, everyone gave a really good talk. I mean, they were all kind of regional, regional winners. But one of the things I thought was, was noticeable that some people not only had a great talk, they, they had staged themselves really well. And, I th and this is one of the things I, th I think made you, you kind of stand out. And I don't know whether it was something that you did um, kind of subconsciously because of your marketing background, but the the way that you kind of framed the the room, in, you had the, the the words, the the otter wording over you, um, the clothes that you were wearing matched the decor of the room, matched the highlights, and all all that kind of stuff, uh, which is something actually people often often forget about. When, not only when they're presenting in general, but especially when we're doing this whole kind of Zoom thing, where you need to think about the environment that you're in, so that you're not distracting, but you're actually adding to your your message. I mean, was this something you put a lot of thought into i would love to say that i did but no unfortunately <laughs> not it was it was pure coincidence to be honest because i'd literally just moved my office i think about a week before i did the east midlands round of speaker factor um so the wall was already this kind of blue bluey color um i accidentally I, the blue is my color right i know that it's a color that works really well for me so i had intentionally chosen a blue jumper to wear for the east midlands round so i wore that that coordinated with the wall and um, my partner has a prototyping and um, small scale manufacturing company and i'd asked him to laser cut me the acrylic letters to go uh, to, to be used as props so i knew i wanted the prop but the only color of acrylic he had was blue so it was pure coincidence that everything uh, came together. But that was one of the pieces of feedback from each of the three regional judges um, that said that it all worked really well together. And since then, I've really noticed how people stage themselves. So on Zoom networking meetings, um, on video also, um, live calls, live training, things like that. I, I notice it so much more now. And it does make such a significant difference when the when you've got some staging and when the colors coordinate mm. and you know the the speaker wears colors that complement their skin tone their eye color their and things like that as well it it's amazing how big a difference it makes yeah absolutely in fact my the um the episode that's that's, that's just gone live um was with uh, joe baldwin trot who's uh, another psa member from from london but she she's a branding consultant <laughs> and, and so i made the mistake of asking you what what I should do better, <laughs> so, so oh, an, no. an hour later. <laughs> but one one of the things she said was, um, "Is that I was wearing a, a a black shirt in a black chair, and so basically okay. all you saw was this kind of floating head <laughs> over this sea of black." So I'm deliberately wearing some some colours today. Um, but it, it it's not it's it's worth thinking about when in terms of staging. But you don't have to spend a lot of money on it. Like you said, it's it's just think about what's 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 behind you. You don't even need a dedicated room, and you know my um, my sauna or garden shed, you know whatever you whatever you want to call it here. This is my daughter's bedroom, and this is a a, a wall divider from Amazon, you know a, a room divider, and I just, just hang some photo some pictures on it. 
some hue lights to put some colour, you know, and the whole thing was probably 150 pounds. But it turns a bedroom into something that's, you know, le- less less distracting. And I think, I think for people thing, who are you working at resourceful. Sorry, say that again. You have to be resourceful. So yeah. you know, I think yes, it's great going to all of the new shiny objects that you could get to enhance what it is that you're doing. But whether you're just getting started or you're years down the line, uh, the more you can look inwards about the, the tools, the assets and the resources that you have available to you and really maximize those and use those to your advantage, um, the easier you can make things. And it is amazing what you can do with the things that you already have lying around. And sometimes it's just a case of, you know, moving things around, shuffling things, um, you know, like even just getting a green screen and propping it up and then you can use the different backgrounds obviously not go crazy with the different backgrounds. I've seen a lot of people misuse that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can you can achieve so much with so little, um, you know, and this is coming from a huge tech fan and, you know, the sort of president of the Shiny Object Syndrome Club. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm the vice president of that club. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> um, so you you mentioned the the otter then as some that you were talking about in your in your speaker factor talk T- tell us a little bit more so w- what is otter is it something to do with your business yes so the otter is a framework um and it I'll, I'll walk you through it um so the o stands for objectives because in business in marketing pretty much in anything that you do you kind of need to know what you're working towards and if you set yourself measurable objectives that are achievable, they're relevant to what it is that you're doing, um, then it just helps you understand how to prioritize and also how to focus your time, your budget, and also your energy, which is really, really important. So, so that's what the O stands for. The T is all about tools. And I say, you know, you're, you're standing on a mountain of value already. So many businesses have so many assets and resources and tools at their disposal that they are not leveraging or they're not taking advantage of. So the T basically looks at what you have available and how you can leverage them and get the most out of the things that you've got or what tools you need to help you achieve your objective. So it will help you identify what's missing. The second T is all around training. So looking at your gaps in knowledge and experience and skill set and looking at, you know, kind of do you need to work with an expert? Do you need to find a mentor? Do you need to do a training course or do you need to have a look through some training that you've already done? Um, But it just kind of prompts that thought and and gets you thinking about that. Um, The E, that stands for expectations and especially in marketing and sales. So many people get frustrated and disappointed because they're either working with people and they have a misalignment of expectations or they set themselves completely unrealistic expectations. So it's important to consider, right, okay, what is the minimum that you need to achieve? So, for example, I work with a lot of clients that are sending out, you know, hundreds of connection requests, hundreds of direct messages to people, and they could only work with one or two clients a month. So, you know, it, it's reining it in and just really understanding the difference between what you want and what you really need. Um, and with expectations, I look at three key areas. So what's a good result? So what's the kind of minimum that you want? What's a better result? So what would you be really happy with? And then what's the best result? So if you really challenge yourself, what could you achieve if you really put your mind to it? And then kind of having those three benchmarks just helps set the scene and it just helps you um, work 
either with yourself so you're not disappointed again and you're not setting yourself up to fail or working with a team and that you're all heading in the right direction and you know what everybody's responsibility is. And then last but not least, the R stands for a reflect and review because again, so many people and so many businesses do, they, they run marketing campaigns, they run sales campaigns, they do these activities, but they don't take the time to reflect and review on what has happened, learn from the mistakes, learn from the successes and the wins, celebrate the successes and the wins, and just understand kind of what you need to stop doing, what you need to start doing, and what you need to continue doing. So each of the letters of the otter basically prompt thought and help you map out a plan so that you're not focused, so that you're focusing on the right things instead of kind of hoping for the best or just uh, trying things out all the time. Um, so yeah, that's what the otter stands for. <laughs> Brilliant. No, no, that, that, that's, that's really helpful. And it's a great, it's a great framework just to keep, keep in mind the things that you, that you need to do. Um, because it's so easy just to focus on one thing and forget to, to stop and reflect and actually measure. Is this working? Do I need to do something different? And all those all those kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as an example, a lot of companies um, and individuals, they'll say go to an event or a trade show um, either as a visitor or as an exhibitor. And they'll they'll turn up with things that they've already got or hope for the best and and kind of leave disappointed thinking, oh, I've not seen as many people as I hoped I'd see, or um, I've not had as many conversations with the right people that I wanted. Whereas if you could apply the otter before you go to the event, ask yourself, right, okay, well, what do I really want to achieve here? What, um, you know, what am I working towards? Who, who are the right people? Um, then it gives you a bit of a plan and it helps you understand how to focus your efforts. And like years ago, I used to manage a sales and a marketing team and um, when you every time we went to an event, we set the team objectives and each different member had a different set of objectives, depending on what their role was or what the outcomes of the event. So it wasn't just a case that we were all standing at the booth hoping to meet the right people and just leaving it to chance. We were being very intentional and purposeful in our activities and then reviewing that at the end of each day so that we didn't get to the third day or the second day and just think, oh, I wish I had had time or I'd found time to do these things. Um, and you're not disappointed and anything that didn't work or go to plan you can review that and think right okay how could we have done that differently or what could we do to improve that next time so you're constantly learning and you're never failing because everything that doesn't work is a learning point um, so it just helps you get more from what it is that you're doing and it just helps you be more purposeful and intentional with your activities so that you're not leaving it to chance or hope um, and yeah, you get more results that way and it just it, it makes you all more effective and less frantic and frustrated and overwhelmed and all these things that everybody feels when they do sales and marketing. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Okay, um, so just speaking about, uh, you mentioned learning then. So j- just to swing back to presenting and, and, and public speaking, you said it, it wasn't your natural kind of comfortable place and you've had to kind of, you know, really kind of... Uh, st- take yourself by the scruff of the neck and and force yourself to do it so what's your um you know your kind of one one top tip that would would help someone who is perhaps a a reluctant um public speaker or online presenter but they know that they have to either because they've just gotten a new job and it's part of the spec or they're 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 trying to run their own business and they know they need to get out there and, and speak about it what's what's charlie's top tip um my top tip <clears throat> is um, to tell yourself, tell your brain 
that the feeling of nervousness is exactly the same feeling as excitement. So before you go and speak and you're feeling really nervous, your, your arms are really sweaty, your face is red and you're just thinking, what on earth am I doing here? Because trust me, I feel this every single time. So every time you feel that, just tell yourself that you're excited because what you're doing is you're tricking your brain and you're just making things a little bit easier for you. Uh, that is my best tip <laughs> for managing that. Brilliant. Now that's uh, that's uh, pure gold. Um, Charlie, thank you so much for your for your time. Um, it's been great great to chat with you to to hear again about the the otter and some top tips there for for people whether they work for someone else um, or work for themselves. I think applying the otter framework can help you be more effective no matter what what it is that you're you know, you're tackling. So so thank you very much. Where where can people find you online if they want to connect with you? What what should they do? Uh, best place is LinkedIn. Um, I think this episode will be released around the same time that i will be launching my new website because i'm actually going through a bit of a rebrand at the moment so if you're if you're watching this or listening to this it's charliewyman.com is my website it will soon be curious b2bmarketing.com is the new one but the easiest way is uh, is yeah linkedin send me a connection request uh, but let me know so personalize the connection request and tell me that you listen to this podcast uh, and then tell me what your biggest takeaway was if you write it down it will stay with you for longer. So, yeah, do that. Brilliant. Top tip number two. Charlie Wilder, thank <laughs> you so much uh, for joining us on Public Speaking Presenting Made Easy. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. Speak to you soon. Thank you for having me. Bye for now. Cool. We're, we're, yeah. we're done. Um, was there anything you didn't get to talk about that you were hoping to, to cover? not really i think um I, so i do actually have a resource on my website um which i um so i have i have my own podcast you wouldn't think it would you based on how we started this oh um but uh, yeah i have my own podcast and um i have a, a free guide seven ways to market your business for free and speaking is one of the seven ways so um if you want to include the link to that mm. then you can do um yeah because, no that, that, that'll be great uh, yeah. i stick that in the show notes yeah, It'll be definitely. something for my mum to read, my other <laughs> listener. <laughs> I was going to say, so if you're 13 episodes in, how many listeners have you got? Um, I I I don't know. The I, I'm hosting on Squarespace, so I don't get many. My, I don't get analytics from that. Um, oh, you're not putting it onto like Apple Podcasts or anything like oh, that. Oh no, it is. It is, but you don't get. Um, you don't get very good metrics from that. Not not that I've been able to to work out. Um, just who's just your host sorry who's your host podcast host squarespace so squarespace will push your podcast out to apple Podcasts. yeah oh i didn't know that yeah um, well we, we, which is why i use them because it's free because it's included in the uh um so, so yeah so basically you you you, you put your you know, your key and all that kind of stuff into the to the settings for the Basically, you, you create another blog module, then you, you, you put your details in, and it will then format the RSS feed in the way that, that Apple want it for podcasts mm -hmm. um, okay. and Spotify and, and Google. So literally, you then just give, give your your blog feed. So if it's, you've got MP3s in there, it all just kind of works. Um, but the, the only trouble is you, you, you then just get the RSS read count, which I think is overinflated because I can't believe there's there's hundreds and hundreds of people who are listening already which is kind of what it says so i because i think it can, it will count every everyone who goes to the blog page 
Right. Okay. Yeah, because it, it doesn't it, it doesn't differentiate between a an MP3 download and a stream and a a read the text. That makes sense. Right, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if it's of, of interest, but my last podcast guest is a guy called Mark Asquith, who's a the British podcast guy. He's a speaker. If you want to get him on him on the podcast, um, and he talks all about podcasting. Um, so if you if you ever want to move platforms that captivate um is his platform that's where i host my podcast and you get really good analytics on that um so it may be something for the future or it's mm. an interesting podcast episode but it's weird about analytics because i went onto youtube and i was like wow that episode was only launched last wednesday and it's had 577 views already wow like none of my youtube videos get that many views so it must just be because everybody wants to know about podcasting so yeah yeah and it, it might be the, the speaker factor bump as well because because then just give you a bit more visibility in that that sphere as well and then yeah cool cool cool